Welcome back to another exciting episode on the Level Up and Live podcast. We've got a powerhouse episode lined up for you today that's guaranteed to set your ambitions on fire. I'm your host, Sean Myers, and alongside me is the incredible Ewan Heinemeyer. And guess what? We have a very special guest in the virtual studio today, none other than the Dynamo himself, Chad Patterson. Chad is not just a former CEO, he's the heartbeat of success the president and founder at Chad Patterson Coaching. But that's not all. He's a blessed husband, a devoted father, true servant leader, and to top it off, a best-selling author. Today, he's here to share his insights, experiences, and wisdom that are sure to leave you inspired and ready to take on the world. So buckle up, grab your notepads, and get ready to soak in the knowledge because this episode is about to set your ambitions on fire. Without further ado, Chad Patterson. Chad Patterson, welcome to the show, man. We're excited to uh, have you on the podcast today, brother. How you doing? I am doing great, Sean. It's a privilege to be here with you and you, and thank y'all so much for the opportunity to join in y'all's fun and goodness. Absolutely, man. Appreciate you coming on, Chad. Man, the more I the more I, re- I was kind of researching on you in, in the bio and by the time you had already agreed and researched afterwards, I'm like, oh man, we might have, it, 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 he might be too high a level for us to have on the oh, show. Right oh now. man, stop it, bro. <laughs> you got to get out more, man. It's yeah, I'm, I'm just Chad. I'm with two brothers and uh, we're going to have fun. I can say that just from the, the communication we've had, man, Chad, you're, you're a humble, uh, humble mm. person and, and you, you got a love for God that uh, rivals some of the, the other godly men in my life that I really respect. So really appreciate wow. you coming. Well, I'm honored by that. Thanks. Thanks, Ewan. Yeah, because we, we, we've been reaching out to guests. And so if you're listening to this, I'm super excited about today's episode, too. I, you probably won't hear much of my voice because I'm going to let Chad do all the talking. This is going to be such a good episode. It's going to be so much impact, so much serving. So make sure you're taking notes. If you're listening to this, if you're driving, it's probably going to be a huge distraction. So maybe pull over and, uh, you know, because this is Chad, you know, his uh, is, is just from what I've seen and heard about Chad. I'm, I'm super excited. So grateful that you're here today, man. Chad, with that being said, our listeners, our audience, even myself, and I know you and as well, we want, who is Chad? Like, tell us about your journey. Like, what is that? What does that look like? Uh, the last few decades, man. Tell us about your journey. Wow. Well, well, you're nice just to say a few decades. We're not going to do the math on that today, right? <laughs> um, no, it's so I grew up in Conroe. I'm a third generation uh, Conroe kid. Uh, my family, we I grew up at First Baptist Church Conroe. So church, family, that's what we did. Um, I was very blessed to uh, have a younger sister as well. Um, but growing up in Conroe, the, my, my passion was baseball. And um, I thought someday I was going to grow up to be the next Johnny Bench to date myself. Uh, that didn't quite work out. But after baseball, I surrendered to ministry in high school, and my whole career, Sean Ewan, has been around children and family services. And so it's mostly looked like a CEO of a nonprofit. I've lived all over the state. Um, but the heart of what I've been doing my whole career has been trying to help children and family grow. And then inside that, I've always had a passion for leadership. I had some great examples of, of my dad, of course, who uh, is Charlie Patterson Elementary now. So he leaves quite a legacy of leadership. And my granddad was an executive with Exxon for 50 years. And so I've had these role models and always had a curiosity around leadership. And so I thought someday when I grew up, I was going to be a leadership coach and was very blessed to go through the John Maxwell training and certification and actually on purpose became an entrepreneur. 
for a couple of years and was having a blast. Uh, I think coaching and leadership is sacred ground when you're working with people and was blessed to do that for, for a couple of years. And then this opportunity went across the radar again. Uh, here in Northeast Texas, and it kind of brought me back to center field, no pun intended, Sean, um, with the baseball uh, uh, analogy, but um, I'm back in the nonprofit arena. I, I still enjoy the day-to-day -day leadership, um, but I'm still in a process of continuing to grow my uh, coaching business, which I've had since 1998. Um, and so, again, if to sum me up, I'm a servant, I'm a leader, I'm a dad, I'm a granddad, I'm a husband, I'm someone that just wants to make life better for the people around me. And uh, that that's kind of my heart. When I grow up, Chad, I want to be just like you, brother. <laughs> oh, hey, set your goal higher. We'll talk about that. Keep setting your, I don't set your sides high, bro. I don't hear Sean say that often, man. That was, that was, that was nice. I, that was <laughs> cool. And you, you well, said so much there, Chad. It's like, well, one quick, like short question. Where, what high school did you play baseball at? I, uh, Conroe Tigers, Conroe High School, class of 83. Uh, I, Coach, I think, Sean, I don't – so I, I was blessed to officiate, actually, uh, Coach Farrell's uh, funeral a few years back. And um, anyway, just another leader in my life uh, that uh, that taught me to work hard. And um, But, yeah, I grew up in Conroe, went to Conroe High School, and then I played at University of Houston my freshman year and then transferred to Waco, uh, McLennan uh, Community College, and then finished my career at Baylor. So – but yeah, Conroe Tigers, man. I just it, celebrated my forty year in a forty year high school reunion. That's just like weird yeah. to say. Man, I'm <laughs> I'm getting in those those stages myself. I, I had to ask because uh Sean, was it was Conroe Tigers, is it the same high school? Yeah, same same high school. Okay. Yeah, I, just, I, I played, I for, Frank, I played for Frank Romero. Yeah. I, I didn't oh, make Coach Romero. Dude, yeah. Sean, what were those things he, we had to do pickups, you know, where you like slid right to, I think he probably still does those with, with, with players. I don't know. I guess now you find him at Vernon's, but, uh, yeah, yeah Coach Romero, <laughs> Coach Romero was our uh, pitching coach. I love you, Coach Romero. Good dude. Yep. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Coach Romero, man, shout out to you. I know, I know you're an advocate follower. I get a like or a comment from him every once in a while saying, Hey, keep up the good work. So, oh, that's, that's awesome. awesome man. Great, great man. Yeah. Great influence. And Chad, you know, so we, we, we started this podcast, uh, Sean and I, um, Sean started it and then I, I came on board and, and what kind of started that was a lot of the things that we've achieved in our life. Sean's built multiple businesses and, and I've been in high level sales for a long time and, and done other businesses. And when we were 30 years old, we didn't have, Maybe. we didn't have anyone telling us kind of the things that we're talking, all the things we've had to discover. We kind of, we felt like yeah. we did it on our own. And, and so that's kind of the premise uh, of, of, of this. And, and so when you hear that, like, do you have any kind of similar experience? Did you have someone there for you that, because you said your granddad, you know, he was high up in Exxon and your dad was a great leader and, and all that as well. Like, was there any areas where you, you know, you had to discover on your own or did you always kind of have a mentor there? Oh, yeah. Well, a standing ovation for both of you on your journeys and just what you've accomplished. I think that's amazing. Uh, there's a lot of resilience that goes with that and a lot of stubbornness, too, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. yeah. I, I would say I'm sure there have been lessons. I've probably learned more what not to do on my own mm -hmm. than I have learned what to do from just some very godly people in my life. Uh, I've, I've been surrounded by coaches my whole life. So if you picture my mom as a concert pianist, I took piano lessons from her until about fifth grade until someone called me a sissy, of course. Right. <laughs> my dad was a, a head football coach most of my career. 
Um, mm. my, my granddad, I mean, I, at church, I've just been surrounded with these people who love me enough to put their arm around me, but also give me a kick in the pants when I need it. And so throughout mm. my life, I've always kind of had that safety net of accountability and support, if you will. And I'm a huge believer in leaning on that inner circle of people around me. So I think for me, Ewan, it's been a combination of just learn by experience and failing forward. But also remembering to be humble enough to ask for help and support and guidance. And so I've tried to find that right balance of, of coaches, if you will, in my life or mentors. Um, so for me, it's been more of a combination. Now, there are definitely days I feel like I'm Superman and I think I know what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I'm quickly reminded that, uh, yes, it takes individual will to get things done. But I find a lot of value in having those uh, balcony people in my life, if you will, to cheer me on and correct me when I need it. So I know that's a long answer, but um, it's Beautiful. kind of been a mix for me. That's what, that's what this podcast is, is for is we, we're hoping and we're, we're really aligning it with people who can take that and hear what you're, you're saying. So that if they're in the same boat, they're picking up something from that. So that, and man, me and Sean talked about this morning, we're wanting to put hope in people's lives and, and everything uh -huh. I heard there is just hope. Yeah. So Chad, you said Superman earlier. And so I hired, so how, so I hired two years ago, I hired a life coach. And before then I was good therapist, counselor, coach. I frowned upon it. Right. I was like, I don't need that in my life. I can figure it out all my, all on my own. And so when I yep. fast forward, when I hired this life coach and the first few months, like the first two, probably the first 60 days, I was not getting what I wanted out of it. And I, I told the coach that because I'm a, I'm a type A personality, disc profile DI, right? Yep. And so oh, you he said, you, you get it, right? So he sent an email back and he spelled it out perfectly. I still have the email to this day and I told you about it. And in this email, he goes, hey, you've been showing up as Superman. And I want to talk to the Sean that's a Clark Kent. Yep. I want to talk to the guy that's behind the scenes. Yep. And it was like this aha moment. I was like, oh my gosh, I have been Superman. I'm trying to show up Superman for all my employees, all my team members, all my community, all my friends and family. But what's going on in deep inside is I'm miserable and I'm happy. I'm unfulfilled. I'm stuck and lost, but nobody can see the Clark Kent. So when you right. said that, I resonated with that. And I was like, oh man, I've been on this transformational journey and healing these last two years. And so that's where a lot of my passion, a lot of my purpose, because I know that's what's going on with a lot of people that we coach, a lot of friends and family and my, people in my community, they're masking on what's going on, right? Fakeness Absolutely. on social media and what they're putting out there. But okay, who am I to judge? I'm going to sit here and I'm going to be the role model. I'm going to, I'm going to lead, right? Watch, watch what, watch what I do, not what I say. So, and that's what, you know, Clark Kent, Superman, anyways. I love that. And that's, you know, Sean, just to get raw. So coaching, counseling, life coach, whatever you want to call it, it, you have to do this, right? You have to open the cape and the vulnerability of that. It scares the poo out of people. But <laughs> I find a lot of freedom in that because it really goes back to we're all uniquely designed. We are, we can be super people. Mm. Um, but sometimes we have weaknesses and vulnerabilities that we just need to wrestle with, but knowing who we are and where we are and wh what we can do to go forward, there's freedom in that. So I applaud you, uh, for having that accountability in your life like that. I think I hear a lot of passion and freedom in you now, and that's going to only exponentially increase your influence, bro. Yeah. And the Clark Kent was, he, he was the, the hero underneath at the end of the day, like Superman was the, the visible part, but Clark Kent was the one that had to have the courage 
Superman yes. didn't because he was he was unbeatable. Yeah, and courage is a good word. And y'all said hope and courage. And I, I think that's, if anything, as a leader, you know, we can't give what we don't have or we don't know. And so when you think about your experience, Sean, or you, and as you learn and grow and, and recognize your strengths and weaknesses, just the vulnerability in that will allow you to be more courageous, which will help you be more of a courageous leader. I mean, it's kind of the, you can give from an empty cup very little, yeah. but if your cup's full and free, Man, just think of how we can change the world around us in that. that that's what I get excited about every day in terms of leadership and coaching. So, yeah. so on your, Chad, on, oh, go ahead, Sean. I was going to say, so Chad, so 20, 30 years ago, right, your priorities were here, here, and here. Has the yep. priority shifted over time? And if so, what are your priorities now that you're focused on in and, 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 and the different areas of life? Yeah, so I, I think my that's a great question. Obviously, as you go through seasons, uh, I, I actually went through a divorce in that time span. Never thought I'd go through a divorce. You don't want to just say that out loud too many times. And so I think that was a reset moment that for me, I had spiritual goals and priorities. I had family goals and priorities. I had visions of what my career and vocation was going to be. And then you go through a storm like that. And it was really a reset opportunity for me, Sean and Ewan. And so I think it it forged, if you will, what what those priorities really meant, but it caused me to maybe change some attitudes and behaviors. I think we'd all like to go back and do things over yesterday. And so I think that probably, uh, and I hate divorce, I wouldn't wish it on anyone, but I think that was an opportunity for me to have a great do-over. And now I'm blessed to have a, a a marriage of almost 18 years and I'm doing a lot of things differently and I'm, I'm a different man um, in behavior and I'm sharper with my, my values and my priorities even more. And so I don't know that it was a big obvious shift to people, but I know inside here um, it really strengthened me down to my core in terms of my non-negotiable values and what priorities really mean. And so I think yeah. if anything, it's just enhanced that. Me. And what happens when you neglect the the priorities, right? Whether it's the different areas of life, whether it's marriage, spirituality, finances, and you neglect that, what happens? You're a mess. You lose. It's there's a, it's a path of destruction, frankly. And so, yes. you know, you can talk about mission creep uh, for companies where everything's shiny and sexy. Let's go after that. No, it's probably just me. I'm I'm not. I I can do two or three things at a time well. Um, maybe two with excellence. And so I've even tried to drill down even more of a narrow focus on my purpose and my mission and what I can really do best. And so it's not, it's, it's not every, it's, I would rather do one or two things and say, I want to hear well done, my faithful servant. And I want to hear excellence in what I do. And so to me, the more we broaden our scope, sometimes it leads us to mediocrity instead of excellence. And so um, there's not enough time in the, in the world to waste every day matters. And so I think if we sharpen our focus, we only get better. How do you get so Chad, someone, Chad, how do you get someone to, that is so broadly focused? They want it all because it is sex and they think they can have it all. How do you, how do, do they have to come to that realization themselves or is there hope for them to be told? And how do you get someone, or let's say, let's say they even have gotten to that breaking point. What do you tell them? How do you get them there to, oh. to be, this is what you do? Man, great question. I, I, I think everything starts in the mirror. You know, I don't know that I can ever control or uh, your heart. I yes. can control this heart. 
right? Yes. So if I get this heart right, I can better influence yours. But ultimately, your heart's on you. And so I think what I try to do in terms of helping people navigate is for them to truly own who they are, strengths and weaknesses, both to really get clarity on what their gifts and talents are and then figure out a roadmap to execute those. Mm. And so, but to me, it really starts in the mirror. I, I don't think a coach's job or a leader's job is really to tell you what to do. It's more to show you the vision of there and to invite you along and say, hey, this is where we can go. But to me, it really that that whole internal uh, motivation, inspiration, that's a mirror thing for me. I mean, we can have those externals, but I think if we can just bring clarity for people and who they are and where they are in relationship to where they want to go, that to me is where the, the magic can happen. So it's really a reflective conversation you and I find um, that yeah. you... I don't know. It's one thing for me to tell you what I think is really awesome. But if you catch that inside, no one can turn that fire off. Right. right? So our job is to help ignite that fire within people of, of who they are and who they can be and to recognize and really embrace their strengths. I'm a big strengths guy. We all have plenty of weaknesses and we have to grow on those things. But, man, if I can set you free or show you how to live those out, um, man, that that's where the power comes, I believe. Well, on your leadership um, coaching, I was curious, is it, is it individuals that you're teaching or is it uh, organizations? And then my, I always think, like, is it the same kind of problems that are coming for um, and is it emotional help you're giving them or is it more practical advice that you're, you know, next step type things? Man, yes to all of the above. Um, okay. <laughs> so uh, let me start with the latter question because it was it's pressing. I had two coaching uh, sessions this morning. And so. Real quick, so coaching in my, in Chad's word, and I'm a master's. I have a master's in counseling from Sam Houston State. Counseling is an amazing tool. Uh, did all, but anyway, so typically counseling is usually more today back past. Um, coaching is more today forward, and and but but we all we all know that we are living, breathing humans. And so when I sit down to do leadership coaching, just like this morning, I discovered that a gentleman I just found out his wife wants to divorce him. So how do you separate that from yourself at work? We're, we're the same human. And so there, are um, so there are times in coaching to where you take deep dives on the emotional side. Uh, but And then a lot of times as leadership coaching, it's more action-driven forward. But you, you, as a coach, you don't really ever know what you're going to walk into because my commitment is to be fully present with you every conversation and I, I enjoy the freedom of that. Obviously, there's training and structures and frameworks. But for me as a coach, the sacred space of you opening your heart and life to me, I want to be fully present. So sometimes we chase rabbits. <laughs> um, but typically, I, I work with individuals. A lot of times, Ewan, uh, for example, I'm doing a succession plan for a, a large uh, engineering firm here where they're fixing to change their ownership and leadership. So I started with the owner and the predecessor. Um, now that's starting to multiply out into different teams. And so not to sound corny, my mindset is usually kind of the, I call it the Jesus model. He started with a few and then multiplied it through many. And so when I look at an, an opportunity to impact an organization, a lot of times it starts with someone at the highest level of leadership, but I'm always encouraging them to consider how they can implement that through the different levels of leadership all the way to the front lines. I think ultimately it's about the front line. 
And so leadership has an opportunity to impact the front line. And so I try to attack every level I can uh, within an organization. But sometimes it's a single entrepreneur that owns a business and just needs support and help and guidance. And so it's really a little bit of everything. Um, I, I would call myself more of a leadership coach than a business coach in that now I, I can create metrics for you. And I typically do, even in the context of character and behavior and emotional intelligence. I mean, we can create numbers that tell a story about that. But I can also sit down with them, someone and talk about their marketing levers or, you know, different ROI things or KPIs within a business. But my passion, my sweet spot, what I feel like I'm best at is more of that, that character heart, that character, that leadership heart and character and the internal behaviors, um, that emotional intelligence and how they influence their people. But sometimes it's a combination of both. Chad, so... A lot of our listeners and audience and, and, and just human beings in general procrastinate, Ooh. right, on especially with 2024 right around the corner, yep. procrastinating on going to the gym, exercising, yep. uh, eating the right foods, their finances. So if somebody came to you with, you know, procrastination, obviously there's different deep, uh, different levels there of procrastination, right? Fear, self-doubt. What would be what would be some tips or tricks or advice or what would you even ask them to, to help them kind of put one foot in front of the other to overcome that procrastination in that area of life? Man, great question. Magical question. So I, I typically start with there. You know, where, where are you trying to get to? What, do you even have goals and a focus and a vision? Sometimes it's that. Sometimes, sometimes people procrastinate because they have no vision. They have no there. They have no goals, right? So I try to clarify that first because hopefully that's one of our greatest motivators. So sometimes it's a matter, Sean, of refocusing someone on their goals in any dimension. I believe leadership affects us in all dimensions, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally. So if I can help them focus or get clarity on their there, uh, or their expectation or goal. Uh, and then we create action steps. Um, I do have a coaching uh, technique that I love, though, that Sean, I think helps with that because sometimes procrastination, and you said it, sometimes it's just bad habits or sometimes it's a poor mindset or, man, some of us struggle with self-limiting beliefs. Oh, I can't do that. So it's real simple. It's three R's. You're going to find out that on my best day, I'm about fifth grade level. So just stay with me, okay? <laughs> But Perfect. if you think about goals and procrastination, my, the first thought I have is, man, what's keeping you from getting there? Um, and so we have a technique called the three R's. The first R is release, where you cause someone to introspectively say, oh, wow, I guess I really do have a bad habit or a bad way of thinking. You, you cause someone to name the things that are holding them back, the motivator blockers, if you will, anything that's a barrier between them and their goal. And so you have to identify and name those things sometime. And, and sometimes if we were literally on a coaching call, I'd say, okay, turn to your left and name that wall, your release wall and name it, name it a pan of brownies at 10 o'clock or lack of, I don't get up and get out of bed until 10 o'clock or whatever those behaviors are that are getting in the way between you and your best. And then, then do a 180. Now look at the right wall. And what did, what did that just cause you to do? You just turned your back on the things you want to release. So what you're saying is no more of that. Now, what do you want? What's going to help you get to your there? And that's your reach wall. So a procrastinator sometimes needs to just do a 180 and say, wow, instead of behavior A, which is holding me back, I've got to create a new habit. And that becomes their reach wall. 
their new targets, their new hopes. And so, I mean, break down your behaviors physically. Sean, you're obviously a beast. You and I, I know you are too, and y'all train. You have goals. You want to get better every time you run or lift or whatever, right? You have targets. And so sometimes we have to help a, pro- a procrastinator just come up with a new target. Not a mediocre target, but something that really causes them to stretch and grow. And so that becomes the focus of what behaviors, activities um, can help them get to the new uh, reach. And then once you reach those, those become non-negotiables. And then guess what? You get to remain there and start the process all over again. Because procrastinating, there's not a finish line to any of us growing, right? And sometimes yeah. one of the things I'm learning about procrastinators is that we have to convince them it's not a one and done. It's a lifetime. You nailed it. So from my experience, when some when somebody procrastinates, right, they 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 get it the first time, right? It's like this aha moment. It's like, oh, okay, yes, that's working. And then when nobody's looking and behind the scenes, when they're by themselves, it's like it all got washed out and it never did the, you know they never did the work and it goes back to their their same routine. It yeah. sounds like you've had experience with this. Oh, it happens like that, right? Now, yeah. none <laughs> of us on the call, none of us have been guilty of that, right? Um, <laughs> Because we have, it, it goes down into that inner gut of guts that says, I want more. I want better. I was designed for excellence, not mediocrity, right? And so I think tapping into that and keeping that alive within someone really can help anyone. Procrastinator or the very best athlete on the planet still has a room to grow. And so that's that mindset, that internal conversation that we really just have to wrestle with, not only within ourselves, but from this morning. It, yeah, for me, when you have that drive or, or certain personality types, it does come to them a little easier. Uh, not that they have everything figured out, but some people, it, and then others, a, a lot of people, it, we were discussing this morning that it's it's being able to sit with uncomfortable emotions because there's so many distractions that you can, as soon as you feel uncomfortable nowadays, it, maybe it's always been this way, but it's as soon as you're uncomfortable, distraction, you go to your phone, to an app. You go eat some food and it's just oh, being yeah. able to sit with that. Yep. And if you can handle that, that's your man, you're a long ways down the road to getting better. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a behavior theory. And it, it, this may be a tangent, but it's really changed my life, frankly. It's called the internal locus of control. In locus, not the bug, but locus, L-O-C-U-S. And so if you think about the center of your control, your command center, it's your heart. Who's in charge of your heart? Well, there's a belief that I'm in charge of my heart. That's the internal locus of control. Even within my faith, I still have free will. Every day I make choices and I have to be held accountable for the choices and the consequences and the results. But that's what I would call a mature, responsible, growing adult. The other, the other option is the external locus of control puts all the accountability and ownership for my life and results on you. Anybody but self. We often call that the victim's mindset, frankly. And so that's another real interesting intersection to cross with people to where we want to make sure that they are taking full ownership and accountability for their life. That's where the power and the freedom is versus someone, sometimes a procrastinator is basically masking, man, this this is not up to me. I'm a victim. I'm a helpless, whatever. And so that, that just came to mind while we were talking. Each of you obviously have an internal locus of control, and that's what we want to grow and multiply within ourselves and our kids. I mean, think about your parenting lens for a second. And we all know as leaders or business owners, we're really parents at work anyway. And so we have to teach even sometimes our kids at work 
that that power of accountability. And I think that's a big missing link right now, Sean and you. And um, in all facets of our world, people are taking less and less ownership of their lives. Why, why is and that? I, what, I just, what is the I don't buy it. Is it, I, I think, is it social media marketing? Is it, because you're right, it does seem like more than ever, it's just seems easy to blame others. I think it's been around since humans were born, frankly. Uh, but I think it's so exasperated now or so visible now through social media. But I think the human condition um, has always lent itself to uh, not always wanting to take ownership and blaming others or, or taking responsibility. So I think it's been around a long time. But I do think there have been very intentional ways through social media that have really highlighted and just caused that to be a wildfire, frankly. I think it's I think it's easy to stop when you can catch the little kid and just turn their eyes and get them to focus and, and have an understanding for that. So I do think it's I don't think it's lost. I think it's just very misplaced right now. So somebody that struggles with accountability, do you have any tips or piece of advice that you would give them to somebody? Because the way I look at accountability, it's everything, right? Accountability for yourself, accountability, like having an accountability partner yep. like Ewan, he's my partner, right? And then thirdly, accountability accountability to the community, right? Yep. If I have a business, I, I feel a sense of extreme ownership with that accountability to my community. So I have these three different layers of accountability. But for somebody that struggles with accountability just for themselves, yeah. right? Is there any, what, what kind of guidance would you give them on that? Like and starting there? So great question. So again, I, I go back to the there. And so long story short, I think leaders take people from here, current state to their future state, right? And, and accountability, if you, well, we don't look anything up in Webster anymore. Another date myself. Hey, Siri, what does accountability <laughs> mean? Right? Someone's phone's going to go off. It really, it means to measure. So accountability, I think of it in terms of where am I in relationship to my goals and responsibilities? And then I think the game changer, Sean, and you in for accountability, it, it can be just a lot of smack talk, frankly. But if you're really serious about accountability, if you're really serious about results, there's an F word you have to embrace, and it's feedback. I have to be a big enough boy to receive feedback. I have to be a big enough leader to give Feedback and feedback to me. If 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 in if I love you, I'm going to tell you the truth. If you love me and care about me as your employee, as your spouse, as whoever, you're going to tell me the truth. And the heart of feedback is all about development. It's all about helping someone grow from where they are in relationship to their goals. And so, for me, when I think about someone who's struggling with accountability, I challenge them on the premise of of feedback. And I think that's where it, the separation oftentimes is between, do you have a heart of humility or do you have a heart like a boss hole? Are you arrogant? That to me is the intersection we have to go to first in terms of accountability, I believe. Because if I'm truly serious about growing and getting better, I need and have to embrace feedback externally, internally. And so it's a culture of feedback. And so long answer uh, Sean, I think accountability has to sit on a culture and a freedom of feedback for really to mean anything. Yeah. It's so in it's so interesting because like with my coachees, like a, a lot of my coaching clients and even employees and over the years, when I'm there for them and I'm holding them accountable and we're having one-on-one -on -one sessions, man, within 24, 48 hours, sometimes even three days, they are leveling up. Yep. I mean, they are making it happen. And then after four days, five days, I was telling you and on our run this morning that man, if with, with 
with individuals that struggle with accountability for their own self and they know it, they know it themselves. They pick their head up in two weeks and go, oh, man, I went back to what I'm familiar with and not holding themselves accountable. You you know, simple mechanism, fifth grade level. Right. I think one of the greatest things a leader. I mean, think about your marriage. Think about your leader, your business. Have regular one on ones with your people. And a one on one is an opportunity to build relationship. But it's also the accountability means we're going to measure on a regular basis. Where are you in relationship to your goals? So you pull out the metrics, put them on the whiteboard, whatever it takes to put the numbers on to draw the picture. And I think as a leader, we have to constantly remind people where they are. And then that's our opportunity to say, hey, keep doing that or what's causing you not to, you know, you address the the barriers. I think that rhythm, if you can make that predictable in your own life and in the life of your team, I think that can help motivate people, Sean. Um, it can wear you out trying to hold people accountable, right? But I, so, but I think if we instill that pattern of predictability, of accountability and feedback, I believe it is contagious. Because I think people, like you said, man, if I can cause you to experience good results in four days, and maybe next session we make it five days, it will grow. And once they catch it, it they're on fire. Um, so I think having a regular, consistent uh, pattern of that is what I find really helpful and contagious for people. Feedback as well is, is a good barometer because people might think, oh, I've got that covered. Uh, you can find out real fast. You can go get feedback from someone. And how you respond will give you all the answers you need, you know, <laughs> because it's yeah. hard to get feedback. Yeah. If you're not leveled up or in a position or, or emotionally mature enough to handle that and be humble, uh, you're going to respond uh, viscerally. You're not going to be able to control yourself if you're not trained in that. Yeah. And I think too, the, even the gift of giving ourselves feedback, yeah. you know, I mean, I guess it's not great if we walk around talking to ourselves out loud too many, too much, but there, there is a healthy sense of self feedback too. I, if I go to the gym, I know when I'm hitting it or not. My strength coach obviously lets me know too, but I, I think if we can build that internal voice of feedback, that's even powerful as well, because ultimately that's what, that's the only person with us when we're alone is that, that self-talk, right? That self-heart, that what's in here. And so if we can create enough confidence in that within people, um, ultimately the goal is they don't, they don't need a coach, frankly. Yeah, um, that's, that's that makes sense. So soliciting feedback while we're on this right now, and why do people not solicit feedback? And I'll be guilty as charged, right? So the first thing that pops in my mind is like fear of constructive criticism, judgment, whatever it may be, right? But I know, I know that's what I need to do to level up. But why do people, when we tell them this, and we know this, and we know it ourselves, why, and they know they struggle with accountability, and know they struggle with these certain things, and they know if they, if they seek feedback, that's how you level up, right? But why do we struggle with feedback? Frankly, I think it's pride. For me, or pride, or, yeah. pride or comfort. You know, I think yeah. people like to live in the, in the comfort zone, frankly, which to me is like the worst place to live in our lives, right? Status quo is not, doesn't cut it for me. Now, that's not to say we don't need to rest every once in a while <laughs> and recover. But, but for me, Sean, I think a lot of it's pride. I think it's fear. Um, I, I think too sometimes, uh, and I think the I think the the Christian community gets this wrong. We're either very judgmental and negative, or we don't say anything, uh, and we talk about it. I think that's gossip. You know, forget gossip. And again, it goes back to if you love your brother, iron sharpens iron. 
you have to take that responsibility for your brother. So sometimes it's more of a, I'm doing this for you um, conviction, but we also have to be able to receive that. So I know that's kind of a ramble, but I think a lot of times it's pride or just the comfort zone or that fear of rejection, even for some people. But gosh, if we can master feedback, to me, that's the game changer. And uh, when I think hundred yeah, percent, you're on the risk agreed. of yeah. being wrong. Yeah. Right? No one wants to be wrong, to be told that they've been doing it this way and someone's pointing a finger at you, you get very defensive uh, and then you, you start attacking. And there, there's another indicator of, of where you're at Absolutely. emotional maturity wise and, and not that it ever gets easier, but. Uh, you know, oh. So my cue, so my cue with my wife, this, this, so I, I can be the most uh, passionate, graceful person on the planet. But there are times I get defensive with my wife. Can you figure that out, right? <laughs> um, so I can feel it. when and it's kind of a posture thing. So I can feel when my heart's like this. Like, if you come at me, I'm, I've got my dukes up. Versus I'm just at ease and I'm going to receive. Right? That's probably been one of the greatest things my wife has helped me grow in. That she's not coming to attack me. She may just be saying, hey, Chad, dial that up a little bit. Or dial that down a little bit. It's not like this attack on my character. It's just maybe the person that I love receiving what I'm giving, saying a little more, a little less. So I think sometimes we have to just get over ourselves at work or in our business and, and just listen. People are really crying. They need us. People need leaders. And so they're just saying maybe, hey, give me a little more of that or a little less of that. And so I think we have to remind ourselves to say bigger and, and say and stay humble, frankly. And remember, it's really about others anyway in leadership. If you're really a servant leader, it's not about you. So, man, big, be big enough to receive the feedback in the spirit of love, of course. Now, some people give feedback in the name of, I'm going to chop your legs off. And so they, they even say there's a ratio, uh, you should give four pluses to every one delta. Uh, I read, I've been, that's in a, It'll change by next week, probably. But performance management says four positives to one delta. So if you think about feedback, if you're just giving positives, what are we doing? We're just giving sugar. We don't all need. We don't need more sugar. Now there, are de- we need out of boys and out of girls. But if we forget the one delta, if we forget the corrections along the way, we're not really addressing the most important things. And so those are some things I think about, Sean, and feedback is just not being prideful and then being willing to take that risk and in, in the benefit of others. And quick, quick plug, plug, Chad, for you here, uh, your book, Heart. Uh, we hadn't mentioned that yet, but you, you'd mentioned, I just want to, uh, to the listeners, we're going to put a link in the show notes to, to that book is beautifully uh, written. It really Thanks. is. Uh, Chad is going to be humble here, but it's really, I've read a lot of books and it's it's up there. It's really well written, and um, oh, the things that we've talked about today already, you, you've mentioned, and and yeah, that'd be a great resource for for people. Thank you. Hey, Ch- Chad. Yep. So your book is titled Leadership Heart Unleashed, yep. right? Can you can you share with us in the audience what the concept means to you and how it was influenced, or uh, how it has influenced and approached your life to leadership? Absolutely, Sean. Thank you for that question. So it, very simply, it's my core values as a leader. And so it, the heart is an acronym. So when I think about servant leadership, when I think, and I'm getting chill bumps thinking about it because leadership is, it's a privilege. So if I'm going to truly be a leader and help people grow and develop, I, I believe in core values that spell heart. There are more that you could use, but these are mine. H stands for humility. You know, I choose between humility or arrogance or boss hole, if you will. 
And so for me, I want to, when I show up, I want people to see and feel and know I will bring a spirit of humility. I think it's the most fierce posture on the planet because it is uncompromising in values and taking care of people and causing results. Humility is not a passive state. It's a very fierce state. So it's, humility is the H. The E stands for engagement. And it's, it's dimensional. So we show up physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually every day. We could talk all day about e- any of those. Um, but engagement means I'm coming fully to you. I'm coming with a full cup to give to you. But that requires me to, to make sure that I'm keeping my cup full in all dimensions. There's a fun exercise you and on my uh, book website. It's called the Wheel of Life Exercise. It's very simple, but it's an exercise to show you maybe areas or dimensions of your life where you're not fully satisfied. It really becomes like a personal growth plan. So if, if you get to my website, look for that free download. It's a good exercise. Follow up with me and I'll talk to you about it. But the premise is we have to be fully engaged. And real quickly, so the catalyst for me on that one was a couple of years ago, uh, my daughter, Jessie, who's the most amazing human I know. Long story short, I had gotten up to 250, Sean. I, I walked in to see her, and within 30 seconds, she's like, Dad, can I tell you something? I'm like, sure, bring on the love. And she's like, man, you've gotten really fat. And I was like, she's like, you're, you're a leadership coach? Yeah. She goes, well, let me be your strength coach. So I've lost 50 pounds. She has me in competitive powerlifting, of all things. Um, I just qualified for a master's event in Memphis. I told you in this, maybe I'm undefeated in two years of powerlifting. I started when I was 56, but wow. here's the disclaimer. <laughs> and she hates when I tell Make people this so far, I've, I've been the oldest one there and the only one in my division. So I just have to get clean lifts and I'm good. I want to, I want to just say I, there, Chad, that if, if people didn't already understand the humility that you have, you could have easily have just said, Hey, I'm a master's champion, but you threw that in there. That's just uh, mad respect. That, and well, the fact it, that you still showed well, up. And I, I want to say this too, you know, I was researching Chad and, you know, so I uh, followed him on Facebook and uh, I'd seen a number of great things from him. And then one day I, I was scrolling mm-hmm. and I see Chad in a bright red face and I'm like, what's going on there? And he has a massive bar on the back <laughs> of his back. And I'm like, what is he doing? And, and, and then it's lo and behold, you're competing and, and lifting these weights. And I'm like, this is this is our guy, man. We love this guy. <laughs> Thanks for not saying anything about the singlet, by the way. <laughs> no, you look cool, man. When you're up there, look good. <laughs> yeah. But 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 if you get that, and thank you for your kind words. But you know physically, when you're at your best, you're gonna perform better. And there is a direct link to our physical ability and our leadership performance. I believe that wholeheartedly. So that's just one example of if I come with my best, I can give my best. There's no finish line to getting there. The journey is really the goal. But in any dimension, we can always be growing as a leader. So that's the E is in engagement. The A is for attitude. I think we can all say attitude is something people feel and see. Sometimes when we walk in the room, people feel it. Right. And so there are different attitudes. I actually shared some Beatitudes from Scripture, uh, just some as some examples. But it's anything from I get to versus, oh, I have to. You know, we see those different mindsets in people and sometimes in the mirror. But, man, our attitude is so contagious. Leaders set the tone with attitude. So that's an important core value of mine. The R is for results. I think leadership is about causing results. If we're in the same place today that we were last year, we're not leading. Um, If we're not causing to grow our followers, if we're just on a lonely walk, you've probably heard, we're not leading. 
And so we have to cause results. And so that's where I go back to the here to there. And what are those mechanisms of support we're giving? How are we holding people accountable? Do we have a clear enough vision for people to follow? And so even in the nonprofit arena, which I have a lot of experience in, it's not good enough just to have a good heart. There are a lot of nonprofits that that operate in the red. That is not okay. We're a business. And so even cultivating that mindset within the nonprofit sector is a huge passion of mine. So we have to be causing positive results. And then lastly, the T stands for today. And just like this morning, y'all have no idea what a gift this has been to me just to spend time with you. All I know is I have today. And frankly, I don't know how much of today I have. Not to sound morbid, but today's a gift. And what am I going to do with it? And I'm learning how precious every day is more and more as I mature and get older. It's a gift. And what am I going to do with that? It's the carpe diem. But it's the carpe diem that says, I do care about what happens. I do want to have goals and I have a vision for making life better for those I love, live and serve. And so I think today is a gift and having that mindset, almost a sense of urgency. I think there's a lot of complacency in business and leadership sometimes. I think about your question, Sean, about the next 34 days of 2023. Man, we don't get those back. The world doesn't end in 33 days or whatever, but how can I finish strong? What can I do today? It's It's the compound effect. What I do today matters. It builds on tomorrow. And so just creating that mindset of heart, humility, engagement, attitude, results today, that's been a real passion of mine. It's a cornerstone for me. I hope people see it and feel it and hear it when they meet me. And I hope they see it alive in every area. And I'll just make a pinky promise with you guys now. If you ever hear anything different than me, call me out and challenge me. I love that. <laughs> Right. Yeah. My man. Yeah. So, so something funny. So Chad, before we came on this, this, this podcast behind the scenes, Ewan was like talking you up big. He was like, oh. man, this guy, he's like, like, you know, uh, he's doing this and, you know, man, he's, you know, almost looked up to like a, a, a mentor, you know, with some of the things that you've done. He, you, you obviously touched you and you touched you and strings. And when you touch you and strings, you touch my strings, but I'm the guy that's like, hold up. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know this guy. Yep. Let me do my own research. Let me get the let me get the feel for things. The last 45 minutes have been a game changer. This has been pure gold. Like you've had me leaning in the entire time with everything that you're saying and everything that you're doing, which is aligning with your actions. And I, mm. man, 1000% this, uh, this has been, yeah, a, a, a solid, yeah. probably one of my favorite, I'm just going to say it on the record, probably one of my favorite episodes. And I don't yeah. say that you know, on I'm the trying, podcast. How can we Dude. recycle this? How can we keep getting this out there? Because a lot of people might not listen to this and they're going to let, I need to put this in people's hands somehow. <laughs> I I am so blessed by that. I, I will head bump you when I see you. Fist bump, baby, fist bump. But thank you. <laughs> Sean, you, you said a really, well, I'm so, thank you. I was, thank, thank you. Um, but you said a really key word that I think sets people apart. And, and this is where maybe if you don't hear anything else today, it's easy to talk. Talk is cheap. But you said the word, our, our talk should align with our character and our behavior and our results. It's all about alignment. I mean, I think about when I walk with, walk into a team, it's like, how can I help them align their leadership from the very top level to the very front lines with their core values? 
I think core values are a game changer for companies and people. But alignment is such a powerful word, Sean. So I just wanted to affirm you for that word. That is a really convicting word for me right now. My name is Chad and I'm still a hypocrite. I'm still trying to close the gap between what I say and what I do. But I hope it almost becomes seamless. That that's what I'm in pursuit of. So alignment, man, you just you just blew my day by that word. So mm-hmm. thank you. Yeah. Amen, brother. Beautiful. Yep. F- final question, Chad. And you, unless you got no, any thoughts, this, buddy. I know what you're about to ask, and it's probably the it's the best thing. All right, you ready for this, Chad? I say bring it. Okay, man. What does level up and live mean to you? Oh, level up. Every I was called to a, we all have a high purpose and a high calling in every part of our life, regardless of what we're doing. And I believe God has put that in each of his kiddos. And so leveling up to me means I am stewarding my life well so I can be my very best in every dimension, in every relationship. It's, it's stewardship. And so that's, that's on me. That, that, that's on me. Um, and to live that, the freedom to live in that is amazing. Um, I'm still learning that. But, you know, we don't have to pretend anymore. And so if we align ourselves with our values and our, and our actions line up with that, the freedom of that is very life-giving, I find. And so I hope that answered. But what a great question. But I think stewarding our lives well, getting better every day, and making more of a difference every day, that, that kind of sums it up for me. Beautiful answer. <laughs> I love that, man. Fantastic answer, man. You hit the nail right on the head. Chad, thank you so much for being here today. Appreciate your time, energy, and effort, and you carving out 45 minutes to an hour. I have no doubt this is going to make a huge impact, affect thousands of lives. Thank you for serving and impacting. We really appreciate you, Chad. It's been a pleasure to get to know you. And I'm going to be honest with you, man. Behind the scenes, I'm like, dude, when are we setting up coffee? When are we going? When are me and you doing coffee? <laughs> I would love that. I would love that. I'll reach out to you when I come to Conroe. Yeah. That'd be awesome. But God bless you all. And man, I applaud what you're doing. You're influencing a lot, a lot of lives as well. So thank you for that great work. Awesome. Thank you, Chad. Okay. Bless you guys. Have a great day. And there you have it, folks. Another incredible episode in the books. A massive thank you to our phenomenal guest, Chad Patterson, for gracing us with his presence and dropping those knowledge bombs. If you've enjoyed today's episode as much as we did, don't forget to hit that subscribe button, share it with your friend, and leave us a review. This is what allows us to impact and serve more people just like you who want to level up and live. Remember, the journey to leveling up never ends. And with the guests like Chad, we're here to guide you every step of the way. Stay tuned for more inspiring conversations. And until next time, keep leveling up and living your best life. This is Sean Myers signing off from the Level Up and Live podcast.